0: In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart.
1: Today we go international again. My guest is Lavin Reddy, who is the director of RedSafe and Levin, you're talking to me out of uh, South Africa, is that right?
0: Yep, correct, South Africa. So we actually based about, call it, fifteen k's from where Elon Musk grew up. It's about nine point three miles in the in the imperial system. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I actually have in front of me your address, but I don't know how to pronounce this name of this city. Gauteng. Kauteng. Gauteng. Okay. Kauteng. All right. And That's, so did I. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of South Africa's business hub, right?
0: One hundred and one percent correct. So, anything that happens in South Africa, it happens in Kauteng.
1: Oh, okay, all right. And so, let's see. Of course, I'm in. I'm in Houston. Uh, it's about oh, we're coming up between eleven thirty and twelve noon. What time is it there?
0: Quarter to seven in the evening. So, okay, we are so seven hours ahead of you.
1: Seven hours ahead. Okay. So, uh, what's the temperature there today,
0: Levin? Well, recently, it's been cruciferously hot. It's been absolutely crazy. Yesterday was 36 degrees. Today was 34.
1: Okay. And that's Celsius.
0: That's Celsius. Yeah.
1: Does that put you in the 90s in the Fahrenheit? Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay.
0: Very much so.
1: Levin, I am saying your name correctly, right?
0: 100% Russell.
1: Okay. Levin. And then that's your full
0: name? So my full name is Lavendra. Really, Um, Lavendra is Sanskrit. Sanskrit is actually the oldest language in history, and it directly translates to the son of God.
1: Well, let me back up here and be a little more reverent here, then, (laughs) Lavin. That's
0: impressive. (laughs) I think I'm a far cry from the son of God, but
1: I guess that's like Hispanics who, you know, Jesus is a popular name, you know. So, so Lavin, first of all, you're director of this company called Redsafe. And you says you're the director. I don't know. That's probably like managing member of an LLC or something like that. You're actually the founder of this company, correct?
0: Correct. Yeah. So we look at RedSafe. RedSafe consists of two sectors. One is our engineering sector that focuses on specialized work, such as the factory and insulation linings, piping fabrication and installation, tank repairs, general construction, and so on. These operations are, we offer solely in the African continent. The second sector, which is my baby, is the occupational health and safety sector. This we offer globally, and we focus on simplifying the health and safety process.
1: So, engineering. I was going to ask you your background, your education. Where'd you go to school? You have an engineering degree, or what?
0: So, my education lies in solely in health and safety. Our engineering sector is run by our engineers, our head engineers. And they all. Oh, okay, have all experience right. In that, yeah. Is this the oil and gas sector we're talking about? So, personally, I've been in the oil and gas sector for over a decade. I've worked on multiple other sectors as well your mining, FMCG, heavy construction, plant and equipment, energy, water treatments, and many others. So 2019 is when RedSafe was formed. And from there, we've taken the experience and the competence and put it into these sectors. So, yes, inclusive of the oil and gas sector.
1: Okay. HSE is your area of expertise, and that's what this uh, show's all about. So uh, let's talk about Redsafe and uh, your approach to uh, health and safety.
0: Yeah. So my approach to health and safety is process based. The end goal for myself and every one of my clients is always goal zero. There's no compromise on this. If my client doesn't agree on this, then I will undoubtedly decline business. I believe that every organization globally. High risk or not should be focused on goal zero. I want people to understand the importance of it. If the goal isn't zero accidents and zero incidents, then your entire health and safety management system is flawed. There's extensive research that shows 90% of serious accidents and injuries are caused by human error, and the remaining 10% could have been avoided with a proper health and safety management system in place. So if you look at this Russell, it directly translates into 100% of all accidents and serious injuries being avoidable. That's what we mean when we speak about goal zero. You used
1: the term there, your approach to health and safety is process-based. Can you expand upon that a little bit?
0: Yeah, so the process doesn't happen overnight. If you think about it, it's like exercising, yeah? You see results quicker when it's done correctly. It's about changing the mindset of people. Now, this comes with a focus on behavioral-based safety. Changing the mindset of your workforce also includes changing the mindset of your management. The way I understand is that if the sharks in the ocean do it, the rest of the fish will follow. If you look at the biggest companies in the world, they understand that your mindset changes everything. There's a health and wellness industry. It focuses on employee mindset improvement. It's worth more than 4.5 trillion US dollars. Your giant companies like Coca-Cola and Johnson and Johnson swear by it. They have extensive years of research that indicates every dollar they spend on this is returned up to four times in their profits and their savings. If we look at this, they know a secret and they're using the secret. And this is why RedSafe starts with mindset. It's absolute key when you're doing this. It's like when you're driving on a familiar route and you end up by the traffic lights, you wonder, how did I get here? Automatically, you, you realize that your brain was in autopilot mode. You zoned out and you forgot how you got there. Your brain does this when you do familiar, repetitive tasks. And there's a scientific term for this. It's called default mode network or DMN. And it's extremely dangerous in the work environment. Not being conscious of what you're doing causes accidents and it leads to serious injuries. So if I could put this in an example for you, there was a, an accident about seven years ago in Southern Africa in KwaZulu natal it's, it's a province in Southern Africa. Um, it was an oil and gas refinery there was an access control guard who placed his hand on the pinch point of a boom gate that he has been operating for more than eight years. He unintentionally closed the boom gate, causing two of his fingers, it was his middle finger and his ring finger, to be completely severed. On investigation, it was discovered that his 12-year-old daughter had passed away three weeks prior to this. It was also concluded that he was unfit for duty due to his current state of mind. He was to return after work to work after medical treatment and a clear evaluation from an occupational psychologist. So he went straight into autopilot at the wrong time. And this is why changing the mindset of your employees is vital. It will assist you greatly in avoiding accidents.
1: So you say that research shows that 90% of serious accidents and injuries are caused by human error. And you're saying this autopilot thing is part of it. People have heard me tell the story before to illustrate that about a friend of mine who had a very close friend who was an absolute expert in skydiving. They had actually met over at an Air Force base in Thailand, and uh, then they both drifted back to Texas. So my friend went to look up his friend, and he went to this airport where he was told he was operating out of, and he asked for him, and they said, well, your friend is dead. He said, I didn't know that. I didn't know he was in poor health. They said, oh, no, he died in a skydiving accident. And my friend said, that's impossible. He taught me how to skydive. This guy's got more experience than anybody in the world. They said, yeah, that was exactly his problem. So he jumped out of a plane one day and his parachute didn't open. And that had happened to him so many times. He was sure he could take care of the situation, repack the parachute. And he was so confident he didn't pull his emergency cord fast enough and he died. So people become complacent. So the critical thing here is what some people call in the health and safety world the important aspect of understanding and trying to change, I guess, what you call simply human behavior, right?
0: Extremely important, vital, exactly. As you just mentioned, I mean, that's tragic, but it stems from complacency. I've done this a hundred times before. I mean, it's second nature to me. My brain is on autopilot. I'm packing my parachute. I do my checks. I don't notice if something is wrong. You need to be conscious of what you're doing. And that's what we focus on, is being aware and being conscious of the task that you're working on. I'll tell you, Russell, when I introduce Goal Zero to my clients, there's always two concerns that come up. The first is that, number one, it's going to hinder their their production. And the second, that it's not attainable. They they tell me that we need to be realistic with our goals. And as a business owner, I, I love that they're honest with me. I mean, realistically, the aim is to make money. Right? <laughs> any business, any business, their aim is to make money. And no business will be in operation if it didn't make money. I mean, it's a fact. It's vital to conduct your business proceedings ethically. And this includes the safety and health of our employees. However, businesses that losses outweigh their profits, they have a tendency of closing down. So their concerns, they, they understood. They 100% understood. However, in response, I guarantee them that Goal Zero is attainable. It's, it's been done before us all. Companies are doing it right now. Clients have achieved goal zero. And so tell me that it's not attainable is like telling me that you can't bake a cake. I mean, if you put the right ingredients at the right time, control the (laughs) conditions, everyone gets to eat, right?
1: That's a good illustration, yeah.
0: (laughs) And the second issue, with it slowing down productivity? I mean, they asked me, how does a safe work environment result in, in increased productivity? And if you look at it, if you Google it, if you read up on it, there's tons of research all with the same conclusion. Safer work environments directly lead to increased productivity. And if you put this into a real-world example, think about walking down a dangerous street at night to buy a carton of milk. The last thing on your mind is the milk. You're going to be in an unsafe environment. Your body's going to go into fight, flight, or freeze mode. You're going to move differently. You're going to act differently. Your focus is scattered. But when we change that and we place a bodyguard next to you, You're safe, your only focus is going to the shop, getting the milk and getting back home. Think of health and safety as that bodyguard. So that's the mindset that we instill in a safety culture with with our clients. It's absolutely vital in achieving goal zero.
1: And as you said, you can Google this, people who study this sort of thing. It should go without saying, it actually surprises me, uh, the number of people that you have to educate on that. It's a simple fix. You know, you reduce lost time incidents, I mean, right there, and the liabilities, your insurance costs, I mean, your health insurance, you know, your workers' comp, I mean, it goes on and on and on. And
0: 100% correct, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what the international...
1: The biggest experts out there say it's got to come from the top down. So tell me about your health and management safety system. Is this a proprietary software? How do you do this?
0: It's purely consultant based on your ISO forty five thousand and one system. So we understand that software is important, right? But if you look at the people that use the software, the health and safety software, we realize that it's existing health and safety professionals. It just makes their life a bit easier. Our target clients who don't have access to professionals. It's clients who are startups, they they new businesses, even existing clients, yeah, but they don't have the means or even unable to afford a full time health and safety officer. We probably a fraction of the cost of that. And even if you cannot afford a health and safety officer, I can guarantee you, you would not be able to afford the cost of an accident or fatality.
1: That's what we were talking about a while ago. So do you like, if you're talking about these startup companies, they're not using software, do you write the safety program for them? You give them a hard copy or what?
0: We write, we create, we maintain, we help with the implementation. The whole from start to finish with you. So there's different aspects of the safety system that's that we include. Our aim is to ensure hundred percent compliance and from there moving to goal zero. So number one, you have to comply with with your local and federal state laws with health and safety. Without it, your business is doomed. You're not gonna get very far.
1: Well, yeah, that's true. Now you say you only operate in South Africa?
0: I operate in South Africa, yeah. My consultants are globally. I have consultants in the UK. I have consultants in China who speak Mandarin. I have consultants in Singapore as well. So we are internationally based. However, Our services are offered remotely.
1: And that way you can be international based. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Well, that lends to an interesting question for me. Since you mentioned compliance, you mentioned legislative requirements, and then you mentioned all these various different countries. How do you see the legislative requirements and do you see some more stringent in some areas and some less than others or what's your perspective on that?
0: I would say on a baseline, the whole world's got the right idea. That's excellent. There is organizations such as yours and, and ISO that have set international standards and that's what we, we are dear to. That's what we, we aim for when we go to apply is that there's an international standard for health and safety. Yes your local and your state laws tell you that you need to do A, B, and C, but we need to go above what A, B, and C says in order to ensure that you and your workforce are protected. They give you the, the bare minimum, and they tell you to work above this. Now, obviously, we don't want 40 systems to cost our clients an absorbent amount. However, they simple fixes when you know what you're doing, and that's the key to it. I mean, if you know what you're doing, if you know how to do it, your problem is solved, then that's exactly what we offer.
1: Well, that's great and you just hit the nail on the head, most of the time, what you would be considered the legislative or as you've called it, compliance standards, those are minimum. That's not what you're shooting for. And that's sure not going to give you this zero LTI mindset, is it?
0: Definitely not. Definitely not. I'll tell you, Russell, when we do start consulting for a client, the first thing we do is a safety audit. And when working towards goal zero, this helps us identify areas that need improvement, areas where our clients don't comply. It could be something as small as not displaying your occupational health and safety act on a wall or passing copies of it to your employees. Or it could be something huge that could shut your own business down. But the safety audit helps you identify it. So it's a start. Just to give you a few, uh, give you a rundown of a few of the services we offer, we also do a risk assessment. So your risk assessment Needs to be done, it's vital whether you're in a supermarket, whether you're in an oil and gas refinery, your risk assessment will save you and your employees. But the problem there that we found is that nine out of ten companies don't communicate the risk assessment to their teams, which means they do all this hard work of identifying key at risk focus areas, but no one knows about them. It's not effective, it won't help you when an accident happens. Think about communicating it has pressed the horn on your car. It's an effective way of letting people know you're coming, right? And more often than not, people are going to be moving out of the way of danger. But I mean, that's, that's also a requirement that you communicate this to your staff, to com- communicate this to your visitors. What we also do on communicating for visitors and staff is induction and training videos. So these videos are a perfect way to streamline your process. It saves you time. It saves your employee time, which is money. We streamline everything else we do in business from the delivery of our products and our services to how our clients shop for it. We do it because it's effective and we do it because it saves us money. So do the same with your induction videos and in training. There's research that shows that people absorb 95% more information when it's shown on videos versus reading it. It's absolutely vital get these points across to employees and your visitors. Another thing would be your HSC files, I mean, we compile HSC files for companies. And from what we found out is that out of 10 companies, the research was done, right, on, on average, four out of 10 companies don't have HSC file. And of those that do have HSC files, eight out of 10 of them have not updated it in the last two years. Only one out of 10 were compliant. So there's wow. a huge compliance gap in the market. If you look at it globally, the average compliance rate for health and safety is 14 to 42 percent across all industries. It's scary. You would know there's 6,000 people that die every single day from occupational health injuries, from occupational injuries, and there's even scarier 500,000 people that die every day from occupational illnesses. So all this putting into perspective will tell you that the market needs a lot of attention and it needs to be a lot of focus on it. And it's, it's scary. It's scary to know that people go to work and they don't come home because everyone has the mindset that it will not happen to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's why the introduction to every one of our shows is talking about everybody coming home safe. And yeah, the person who doesn't come home safe at the end of the day sure didn't start out the day thinking that that was going to happen, Exactly. which is the tragedy of it all.
0: Exactly. And it's also the way that people view some of health and safety rules that we implement. If your top management don't follow them, your lower tier will never follow them. I'll give you an example. There's a rule that we implemented in a company where we said when walking downstairs, it is mandatory to hold handrail. we picked up violations in the first week and we fixed it. We fixed it by telling people the facts. Every single year, 12,000 people died from falling downstairs. And I can guarantee you every one of them had the same mindset. It will not happen to me. I mean, if they knew the simple task of holding a handrail could have possibly saved their life, I'm 100% sure they would have held that handrail.
1: Yep, that's right. You're exactly right. You've hit the nail on the hand. Levin, it's good to know that there's companies like yours out there. It's good to know that uh, you're out there operating On that international scale, and in Africa and the UK, and even in China, the reason people listen to this show and it is heard in over a hundred countries is because we bring in experts like yourself and have these conversations. And so, I'm glad you and I have had this conversation today. We'll be sure and put uh, your website info and your LinkedIn URL in our show notes for those of you listening internationally and you need some good safety consulting. Think about Lavin and think about Red Safe, And uh, we're glad to have uh, been able to feature you here today. And again, thanks for coming on the show.
0: Absolute pleasure and absolute honor, Russell. Thank you for having me on the show.
1: Well, it's been my pleasure. And as always, I want to thank everybody out there for listening. It's because you listen and leave us reviews on iTunes and Spotify and advertise us on LinkedIn. That's the reason we're able to keep this thing going. So thanks for listening. Tune in again next week for another episode of the Oil & Gas Global Network HSE podcast, production of OGGN. And we'll see you next time.
0: Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at